Hello everybody, thank you for listening today. This is just a friendly little trigger warning that some portions of the story might seem uncomfortable to some listeners. You have my apologies this year warning. And I thank you for listening. Hey, what's going on guys? It's Demi here. Now I'm Future, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a little creature that most people have heard of. Some people haven't. I think you personally might have heard the heard of this guy. <laughs> it's the Skinwalker. Okay. So I know some people haven't heard of him before, and they've been popularized in a lot of TV shows now, like Skinwalker Ranch chasing the skinwalker and even in supernatural so today we're going to start off with a little bit of an excerpt excerpt that i wrote up or typed up and it, it involves some facts and well not facts it's not fully scientifically approved proven that it exists but you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah yeah no i I have heard a lot of urban legends of such skinwalkers, which yeah. I mean, technically you really shouldn't be saying the name as well. Cause that, that's one thing that can really yeah. bring them up to you. Yeah. I got that in here actually bastard. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, all right. So <clears throat> starting off. So in several native American traditions, Navajo folklore from the American Southwest, for example, tells of supernatural creatures like the werewolf, were coyote, or whatever form or demon is known as a skinwalker. Skinwalkers are shape-shifting creatures able to assume the attributes of various animals, especially canines, according to some of the reports. They walk in the skins of animals According to witness descriptions, it has a height around three to five feet. With black hair, reddish eyes, and long arms, while its face is nearly featureless. That just sounds scary in the in the get go, doesn't it? Kind of like in honesty, like maybe shouldn't fuck with this thing. It definitely shouldn't. Uh, so, with my experiences and a lot of the things that I've heard as well, is you you can honestly just not understand them so there's a lot of folklore and different native uh, differences um the tribe that i'm actually descended to is the the cherokee and the apache and for us um it was more so like the skinwalkers were were medicine people, men right yeah that were that, medicine you, men. that use their abilities for greed and evil exactly and you would see a lot of skinwalkers and stuff like that. You would always see them everywhere. Kind of they were the ones that had like animal furs, especially wolves. Mm -hmm. wolves. Wolf fur was a really big thing amongst the tribes for the medicine men. That was also the same thing for the skinwalkers as well. So I got some more stuff on here about it. Like I found a few few articles about reported behaviors of a, of a skinwalker yeah so scrambles on all fours runs very fast cries like a baby wears skins of the wolf coyote cat dog or bear to take the appearance and powers of the animal just as with the well-known wendigo skinwalkers also make appearance appearances in contemporary accounts the part that yeah. really that really threw me off was cries like a baby because imagine you're just camping out nowhere then you just hear a baby fucking crying. Yeah, so I personally have actually had an experience. I don't know if it was actually a Wendigo or a Skinwalker. Uh, once again, in in other tribes, it's it varies it's like, tribe to tribe. It's like it's like a boogeyman almost. It varies depending it on families and culture, ethnicity. A lot of people in some of the tribes that I know of, especially like further up north, Wendigos 
are the exact same thing as skinwalkers but that varies because if you get further south you know back from in texas oklahoma and further out to the west side they are two completely separate things and they both have their own characteristics and like with skinwalkers particularly they can mimic people's voices and there's a lot of lore on it as the people that a skinwalker has killed they can mimic their cries so the last few words that a person is screaming whenever an animal like that does get a hold of them it can be a man screaming at the top of his lungs someone please help please help they will repeat that to try to draw in other people you know and like it's really terrifying to think of that and on top of that looking at the appearance i mean decaying flesh have a half man half animal like just will, sitting in front of you towering over you yeah i don't think you could even classify it as like an animal at that point i think it'd be like a humanoid beast creature type thing honestly like some of like the sketches that i was i saw that thing looked brutal and it was like it does fuck that. i did notice that you did say that it was like a roughly around four feet ish or so like, but no. i have heard that they can tower up to seven feet tall yeah, yeah I, i'm a, i'm six foot tall 250 pounds and i'm a really big guy and that guy will literally make me look like an infant yeah like a majority of the reports i found was like they can vary from about three to five feet depending on areas and i think most of this most of those reports were coming from up north i got some, some yeah ex excerpts in this in the script that i wrote that's from up north and you'll see why i say that it, but yeah i did see a few of them saying they can get like seven to ten feet tall and i'm like god damn it bobby i've seen a lot of stuff up towards the ohio area and it gets crazy like how detailed they are because i mean you also have to understand a creature like this gets mistaken for a lot of things um in Ohio, they have a creature called the Dogman, which I would like to do a podcast about that later on at a different date. But, I mean, it's the same thing. It, it is a gigantic wolf. Like, not trying to sound like really, like, like it's a wolf like with like a human body, almost. Almost, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like I got and some. What's up? It's it's just one of those things that whenever you think about it and that stuff's really in our world it's horrifying in honesty yeah. makes you realize that humans aren't really top of the food chain no really we we honestly aren't we really don't ever know what is lurking in the dark you know yeah like i got some more stuff about it actually so yeah go ahead it gains supernatural power by violating a serious cultural taboo, such case, for example, murdering a relative. They're all in some tribes, like you were saying, they are medicine men, shamans, and/or necromancers who spread sickness by means of a powder made from corpses. So, for the Navajo who revere pollen, this is a, a deep form of sacrilege. Mm. They can also, according to some reports and some legends, they can also make tiny pellets out of bone. And most can turn into coyotes, and some of them have other, like we were saying earlier, shape-changing or morphing abilities as well. Yeah. And, like, um, you know, there, there's so many stories out there. And some of them you do have to take with light of heart because you know they're going to be like oh yeah this thing it can you know shoot web out of its legs and stuff like there's so many things out there but whenever you do extensive research like this you find the reoccurring pattern something that doesn't just happen in one region and it's not like folklore it actually happens everywhere and it's something that you can't dismiss you have to acknowledge it because if it's happening everywhere that means it can't be false yeah, like I got a few stories here actually now that you mentioned that. 
So <clears throat> the first one takes place in 1936 in Yale Publications in Anthropology. Anthropologist William Morgan recounted an interview with a Navajo identified only as, and you, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's Hahago. H A H A. Yeah. So yeah, it'd they, be like H A H A G O, something like that. Yeah. So Hahago said of skinwalkers, they go very fast. They can go to Albuquerque in an hour and a half, which is a four hour trip by car. Yes. According to Morgan. They so from the stories that I've heard, I have heard that skinwalkers can genuinely get up to about eighty miles to ninety miles per hour dead sprinting, but you gotta think about it. If they're not in form, if they're not taking the form of an animal, then their actual look is discouraging and very scary. And they have legs that stretch really, really far. And yeah, not to, to mention their that arms that just like hang down past their knees. Yeah, like I got another story that takes place in January of 1970. I couldn't find who this, who the, who, who the witness was, or anything like that. But um, according to the report, a hairy man about five to seven feet tall kept pace with a car driven by four youths near Whitewater, New Mexico. They increased speed from 45 to 60 miles per hour, but it still kept up. Finally, one of them shot it, and it fell down. Yeah. And it's like just taking that into consideration. This thing is the size of your car as you're going down the road. Like to see, to hear that, I could not even imagine or even fathom for that fact that the amount of fear that those young teens were going through. Yeah, like especially like if imagine if you were in that situation and like you didn't have a gun. My only thing is like pit pit maneuver that motherfucker. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's <laughs> really not much that you can do. At the end of the day, it is still a living being, or as some tribes state, that it is a nocturnal, never-dying being. But it still stands that it does have bones. There can be things that can be fixed, you know? And mm -hmm. it, it's just one of those things where you got to take consideration. This thing is wanting you. And at a pursuit like that, there's not much you can really do. For real. Like, I got another story. <clears throat> so in the fall of 1973 in Western Pennsylvania, played host to dozens of reports of strange ape-like creatures, sometimes seen in association with UFOs, said to, said to have, in one witness's words, fire red eyes that glowed in total darkness end quote, to be seven to eight feet tall and give off a strong, unpleasant odor. Yes, that, that is actually one thing that you can find everywhere. Hearing the unpleasant odor, it is smelling like rotten, decaying flesh. It is mm -hmm. something that is in every single story. Anybody that has ever had an encounter, an encounter with a skinwalker or even a wendigo for that fact of a dog man like there's so many out there but whatever it be called it never ends in oh it smelled like roses or no i couldn't distinguish a smell or i don't remember a oh. smell because that is a smell that they can't forget yeah like another type of cre creature investigator sangord noted quote was said to be 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 between five and six feet tall it was described as looking like an extremely muscular man with the cover covering of thick dark hair end quote yeah and that, that's one thing that is also something that kind of just spans between like, all of the stories is the hair the hair is mm -hmm. excessively thick and coarse and just does not feel pleasant it doesn't look pleasant and it's one of those things that's almost revolting. Yeah, like one thing that I found that, that's recurring in a lot of these like witnesses, and there's one in here actually that that I think that you might point out. 
I just want to see if you do. Um, the eyes, the odor, the the mm-hmm. fur, like the height. It's just something that once you see it, you'll never forget that you saw it. Like never. It's one of those things that'll stick with you. Genuinely. And I don't have a personal experience with that. However, I do have one of my buddies, whenever he was down, it was um, at 29 Palms. He was in the Marine Corps and they have a training exercise where you go to 29 Palms for training. And he remembers being debriefed that you cannot leave. If you leave, if you try to run away, if you are by yourself, you will not make it back. And he thought it was just really, really sketchy. But I remember him saying, like, there was some nights that the howling seemed like it was just outside his barracks, just outside his tent, the whole nine yards. And he remembers hearing off in the distance. He said it was about a mile or two miles away, which at that distance... The human voice, it doesn't travel well. Yeah, it kind of breaks apart and you hear echoes and you can't really tell how far away it is and where it's coming from at that distance. Exactly. And at that distance, he heard a woman crying. And that's the thing is crying, screaming and crying bloody murder for help. You know, and he said that that was mortifying because he brought it up to his chain of command and they just brushed it off. Yeah, like another another day at work, so what? Exactly. There are so many stories like that, though. There are so many things out there that not many people actually understand or even know that, oh, shit, I actually saw. I saw that. I heard that until they do research on it and they don't understand that they could have died that night. That's something that is very, very real. So I got you a know? pretty, Oh yeah, of course. Cause you don't process it at the time. till you, till like a day or two later where you're like searching, searching up like, Hey, uh, tall creature covered with fur, red glowing eyes, horrible, horrid odor. And then it's like, Oh shit. But uh, I got a long uh, report coming for you. Okay. At 8.30 on the evening of October 31st, 1991, as she drove on Bray Road near Delvin, Wisconsin, this is one of the up north ones I was telling you about. Yeah. Approximately 30 miles southeast of Jefferson, site of the 1936 Shackleman encounter, a young woman a young woman felt her right foot front yeah a young woman felt her right front tire jump off the pavement as if it had hit something she stopped the car and got out and peered into the misty darkness where she saw a dark hairy form racing toward her it had thick quote bulked out chest end quote she retreated into her vehicle and was just starting to speed away when the figure leaped onto her trunk. The trunk was too wet for firm grip, however, and she heard the creature fall off. Returning later with a young friend, she glimpsed a big form rising from the side of the road. By itself, this sighting would be little more than a curiosity, but as it turned out, it would be one of a number in the area. When word of it got around, other local people stepped forward with their own accounts. Yeah. That's that's something that you just can't fathom because the mystery, the curiosity is what gets you. The curiosity killed the cat. We hear that phrase every single day. Mm-hmm. If she did not think about it and she just went there and she genuinely just went there by herself, that could have been the end. Yeah, like she was going by herself that night and then it jumped on her trunk. She hit it. It jumped on her trunk, fell off. She went back the next day with her friend and they saw it rising from the side of the road, like standing up and yeah, fuck that. 
honestly, man. Like, that's just something that hearing is mortifying, honestly. Like, think about that. That could have been you. You know, you could have been on your way home late yeah. at night by yourself. You hit something, you get outside to check the damages of your car and to go put a claim in on your insurance. The next thing you know, you're being dragged off into the woods. I can't even imagine that actually happening. Mm -hmm. I got another report for you. <clears throat> in the fall of 1989, Lorraine Edrizi rounding a site along Bay Road, the same road that woman was on just about 11 years earlier. Half a mile from the half a mile from where that happened, saw what she first took to be a person kneeling in a hunched position at the edge of the road. When she slowed, the figure stared at her from a distance for no more than six feet across the passenger side of her car. It was covered with grayish brown hair with big fangs and pointed ears. Quote, his face was long and snouty like a wolf, end quote. She told reporter Scarlett Sankey, though it was evening and the figure's eyes were not in the headlights, they glowed nonetheless. They were a yellowish gold color. See, that's what threw me off about this one. Pretty much yeah. all the Skinwalker ones that you find find about, they have like red or like Im like ember eyes, like fire. Fire yeah. in her eyes. This one's a yellowish gold color, and she said his the face was long like a wolf. That kind of makes me think like pointed ears. Makes me think it possibly, honestly, could have been a bear in the road. Definitely. And there's a lot of these that people, they Mi just... Mistaken identity. Exactly. I mean, you are driving down the road and you see something at the corner of your eye that looks big, scary, and crazy. And you go online and you type in all these things. And you come to the conclusion that it was a skinwalker. But you didn't smell it. You didn't see the eyes. You just saw a big furry thing. Could have been a grizzly bear. You know, further up north, especially like whenever I was in Alaska, there are so many things that happen up there. Alaska has literally 10% of Alaska has been explored. The rest is just straight wilderness untouched by man. Yeah. And to think about that, Alaska, a state that literally goes from <laughs> Mississippi all the way up to Washington, it is insanely massive. It takes six Texas to fill in Alaska. And that's not even all the way filled in. Yeah. Like, you know, and to only have 10% of that, only have the state of Mississippi discovered and then have land from Mississippi all the way to Washington. That's crazy. And there's no telling what's out there. Yeah. Like this one around the same time in the, time of the year in Elkhorn near Del Delavan and yeah all this stuff all, these three are all around Delavan Wisconsin yeah so I, did, I do notice that Wisconsin does have a lot of sightings I know Ohio as well um I not Ohio uh Utah I believe and there's yeah. a Skinwalker Ranch if I'm not mistaken uh, yeah I'll get to that in a little bit it's on my okay. list <laughs> okay yeah so this one near Delavan, dairy farmer Scott Bray observed a strange-looking dog along his pasture on Bray Road. Bigger and taller than a German shepherd, it had pointed ears and a hairy tail with long, scraggly, grayish-black hair. Quote, yeah. quote, it was built heavy in the front, a real strong chest, end quote. Bray pursued it to a rock pile and was perplexed when he could not find it there. In the soft soil nearby, he found enormous footprints, four to five inches in diameter, leading and disappearing into the pasture grass. Bray thought he had seen, quote, some type of wild dog cross, end quote. And, all, like, all three of these happening, like, same road... 
damn near the same town. Honestly. And you know what the most terrifying thing is? Most so we've people... already come to the conclusion that skinwalkers can transform, right? Yeah. But with enough time, with enough effort, who's to say they can't transform into a person? Mm-hmm. Hide themselves. I mean, being out in the world, right? You're not going to be able to find them. Yeah. They're going to be the people that are antisocial. You know, the ones that can't talk, the ones that don't talk, that avoid people, but still have that disguise to stay safe. Yeah, like I got a, I got a pretty decent long one for you. It's okay. actually, it's actually from a book entitled "Real Vampires and Night Stalkers and Creatures from the Dark Side" by Brad Steigers. Okay. And this quote's from his friend Priscilla. Oh, dang. Uh, I think it's Grandino Wolf, an Apache medicine woman from New Mexico. Mm -hmm. She told him of her encounter when she was a teenager. <clears throat> so, according to her, it was a beautiful day and I was ready for the prom. I caught a ride with a friend named Molly and the night went very well. However, at the end of the prom, Molly told me to catch a ride home with someone else. She was going to Alamosa with her boyfriend. And I couldn't find anything with, like, any Alamosa. So I was assuming it was, like, a club or something. Yeah. I asked several, several people, but no one offered to take me home. I lived three miles from the school, and at the time, all the roads were dirt. I had no choice to walk home in my formal, holding my heels in my hand. The moon was shining, but it was still very dark. I wasn't scared until I got close to the area where people claimed the wolf boy was buried. Grandpa said that the old people buried him there in the 1500s nearby. Nearby? In the 1500s. Gosh, I gotta learn how to read again. <laughs> <laughs> nearby there was this huge tree that my grandfather had named the Skinwalker Tree because of sightings of skinwalkers in that area. I wanted to walk to my grandmother's home, but I was scared that the wolf boy would, would appear to me. So I continued walking east, east towards my mom's home. When I crossed the old bridge, I heard a noise coming from under it. I looked back and I saw what appeared to be a calf walking toward me. I started to run and it began to run, following me. It was about 300 feet to my mom's house. I took off running fast. The animal stood up on its hind legs and almost caught me. I could hear its loud breathing. It sounded not human or animal-like, but different. I made it to my mom's house and the thing jumped across the fence. When I got to the door of the house, I banged so hard to wake mom up. I kept yelling Something is chasing me. Mom made it to the door. I pushed her aside and shut the door and we locked it. She shut, shut the lights off so no one could look in the house. My baby brother Adam was sleeping at the time and after a while I went to lay down. I was so worn out from running. I heard someone turning the knob of my door and open, opening it toward me. All of a sudden, it was next to my bed. I screamed for my mom to turn the lights on, but she was having a hard time getting up for some reason. It was like she was in a daze. I felt the skinwalker's hand on me, touching my face and my throat. His smelly breath and loud breathing were right next to me. The monster was tall and skinny, half human and half something that looked like a cow. His hands were rough and hairy. He had long nails. I couldn't breathe. I screamed again and asked God to help me. It scratched my neck and I, and I was bleeding. When mom managed to turn the light on, it vanished. Mom saw the three scratches on my neck and said it was the devil that left his claw marks on me. We got up and checked the door. 
it was still locked, but the door had mattered to the skinwalker. By morning, the scratches were gone, just vanished. What do you think about that one? There's a lot of... There's a lot of things in that. I, I'm not saying that I deny the story, because who am I to say that, you know, honestly? However, there are a few things in there that I do want to point out that did catch my interest as, in a sense, a red flag. You know, whether it be, uh, you know, we all have heard about the fisherman story. You know, he gets a three inches, fi three inch fish, and he says it's three feet. Yeah. It could have been more than what he was saying. It could have been less. And I'm not discouraging. I'm not criticizing. But there are a few patterns in there that I do want to point out that just don't seem right like, to me. add up. Yeah, they don't they don't really add up. Not for not for a skinwalker at least. And um what state did you say this was in, by the way? Um New Mexico. New Mexico. Okay, so New Mexico is just around the area of uh Utah. And for that sake, you know, we we do know that it is a really really big hot spot for paranormal activity and to have a cryptoid activity as well which a cryptid is an animal that is like not yet discovered or has yet to be proven that it's not an, uh not extinct um but basically like he said that it looked like a calf right and yeah like walking like she heard a noise under the bridge and when she turned to look behind her, there was a calf that, that seemed to be walking toward her. Something that looked like a calf. And it's like that, that does in a sense add up because that is a farm animal in New Mexico is not uncommon at all. Farming is a really, really big thing out there. So I really, I, I, I agree with that. And then from there, she said she immediately started running whenever she saw the calf. I don't I don't disclaim that either. You know, at a time like that, we see something in the dark. If we can't identify it immediately, we're fucking scared. Yeah, we that are fighting our pants. That fight or flight instinct kicks in and ninety-five percent of people are gonna choose flight. They're gonna run. It definitely they it's definitely true, you know, and for the viewers that are listening, like, you know, just sit there and reflect on it. Like you are walking home alone in the middle of the night and you see something the size of a young calf. Which would you know, be like what? Maybe three feet, like four feet off the ground? Yeah, and be like what? Maybe three, four hundred pounds, if that? Like yeah, maybe about, even a little roughly. bit more? Yeah. You know, easily my weight, you know, 250 pounds. You know, you have a being that you cannot identify and it is solid black outside there is no lights i can tell you that much and you cross a bridge you hear something under the bridge and you whenever you turn around to check it and you see something walking towards you i'm just going to say it fuck that i'm out i'm running but what didn't get me is it was running towards him it was playing that's what does not add up to me is skinwalkers do not take it that far. You know what I mean? They don't play with their prey. That's something that just doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, another thing is with having multiple people. Skinwalkers will not attack two people. That's why it resorts to the tactics of ambush mimicking like, yeah ambush yeah. exactly it will it will mimic what is going on it, it will mimic their the voices and try to draw people out like for me if i hear somebody yelling and screaming for help i will go personally that's just how i am but it relies on people like me where they have them screaming for help and someone runs along to help boom it's over yeah it is lights out 
And like something that got me thinking about it when I was reading this was, um, you know how earlier, earlier I said that some of them use like a powder to cause sickness made from corpses. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, like, if you, if you really think about it, how it got into the house, the door wasn't open. Shit. I couldn't find any information about like a window being broken or anything like that. Yeah. But something that when she said her mom was like in a daze, that got me thinking, what about that powder that they use in some culture? Like some of them use and like that, that could have put her mom in a daze and it could have not known that her little brother was there and it already had her scent. So it went exactly. to her room. That definitely could have been a thing. Like I said, I've you know I've never experienced anything like that, so I can't disclaim it personally. But I, I do say, prior to the previous, you know, sightings and entrances and the reports and the attacks that we have, hearing that it does sound disbelievable. But at the same time, I'm not doubting it because every culture is different. Every region has a different thing about it. You know, you look around the world it's like accents hear, exactly it's accents it's like they're all the same you can say the same things but they're each but, gonna have something different like even in exactly. the u.s take like say you're from galveston and put you in paris texas you're gonna sound different than them say you're in salt lake and they put you in roosevelt utah you're gonna sound completely different exactly and that is not short of this as well you can have multiple different sightings around the world but the behavior is going to be moderately the same with some tweaks Mm -hmm. new mexico that is mostly like the if i'm not mistaken like the late side cherokee area yeah i think it said that she was apache Apache, Cherokee. I yeah. know the Apache race. Apache medicine woman. Yeah. They, the Apaches are definitely thin and rare, but I can definitely see that because the Apaches, they had a, a strategy about them with wartime, and it was to get high as hell off of uh, peyote, which is um, it's the flower that grows on the cactus. And it will get you messed up and you can't feel pain. You can't feel anything. It, it definitely has a stronger hit than most of the things that you can pick up on the market nowadays, you know, and they would make, you know, medicines and they would also make poisons. They could make powders from that stuff, you know, taking that into consideration, I can see where you were like, oh yeah, it dazed the mom, but it's just, there's a lot of things that really don't add up for me within all of that. Yeah. And like something that I also thought about reading this was imagine you put yourself in the shoes of this, of the said skinwalker or the, I also read that some people call it the flesh pedestrian. Which I, I will save this for a different video as well. Um, flesh pedestrians, uh, just from you know my culture and stuff, is flesh pedestrians are completely different from skinwalkers. And the best way that I can kind of put flesh pedestrians, and some regions do put these together. Because they'll hear stories about it and they're like, oh yeah, that's what we have. But in honesty, it's not. Um, Flesh pedestrians are in a sense a high-level animal zombie. Yeah. You know, you'll see photos of it and it's been proven to be out there. You know, whether or not you want to believe it, that's up to you. But to me, it has been proven. You'll see photos of a skin-eating disease on an animal like a deer. Its whole face is rotted off. It's gone, and you can see its 
muscle you can see its brain its its eyeballs are falling out stuff like that that's an actual thing you know that that's a that is a disease that the animals catch but the thing about that is that disease had to have come from somewhere yeah and like what i what i was thinking was put yourself in the shoes of like the skinwalker and think about it you were chasing this girl she got into the house you you hopped the fence she got into the house you saw that she has a parent there or a older person there yeah. who would you go after who would you daze not to interrupt you getting your prey who would you Honestly. like make, make sure that like hey this one's weaker because they're younger so i'm going to go after them i mean it's just like in africa right you have a pride of lions they're not going to go after that big tough buffalo they're going to go gonna, after, the, after the newborn yep. the sick ones they're going to go the for the ones, ones that'll get left behind exactly and thinking about that i do see that you know yeah and i actually got another pretty decent one for you it's actually from another book called hunt for the skinwalker by colm a keller and george george knapp that was written in yep. 2005 i know exactly what you're talking about probably one story told on the Navajo Navajo Reservation in Arizona concerns a woman who delivered newspapers. In the early morning hours, she claims that during her rounds, she heard a scratching on the passenger side door of the car. Her baby was in the car seat next to her. The door flung open and she saw the horrifying form of a creature. She described... <coughs> Sorry, I forgot how to breathe for a second that she described as half man, half beast, with glowing red eyes and a gnarly arm that reached for her child. She fought it off, managed to pull the door closed, then pounded the gas pedal and sped off. To her horror, she says, the creature ran along the car and continued to try to open the door. It stayed with her until she screeched up onto an all-night convenience store. She ran inside screaming, but when the store employee dashed outside, the being had vanished. According to one contemporary Navajo interviewed by Keller and Knapp, a skinwalker is the size of human six foot and under, but can grow, but has been recorded to reach seven to eight feet tall. They don't come in most of the time where animals are. They come into where yeah. the people are at. They come right here, and you'd never know where he was standing looking at you in the middle of the night. They come, take the shape of anything they want to take the shape of. The shape-shifting ability of the skinwalkers can result in quite dramatic in in creations. In this case, the skinwalkers were in the form of humans with dog heads, and they were also smoking cigarettes. crazy mm -hmm. and that's the thing is you'll see this also common with a lot of the stories that you read out there skinwalkers yeah they can change in anything they want but it's not going to be exact there is something wrong with it there is something that just does not seem right if you're looking at a dog and you're going over there to pet it but you look at it and it has cat eyes something small and miscellaneous like that you won't be able to notice it unless you're looking, you know, if, unless you're paying attention. And a lot of people don't. And that's how, at this time and age, nobody's really knowledgeable in it. You know, you have the select few that are, but they don't care. They yeah, just, they don't pay they attention around us. They don't. And that has resulted in us having so many more interactions and, because back in the day, people were aware of that. People were like knew that that was a thing. 
and it was not just a story. Yeah, it was a you know, real thing to be afraid about. Exactly. It wasn't a story for them. It was a reality back in the day. But now look at it, you know? You look at it now and... It's kind of brushed under the table. It is. And, you know, looking at it, you can see the increase, the significant increase in the statistics of Skinwalker sightings. You know, 20 years ago, 60 years ago, to now and it is significantly increased at a dramatic rate and it's it's really something that somebody should be knowledgeable about like even if you don't want to believe it you should still be knowledgeable in the folklore and what goes on around your area you know yeah like uh earlier you brought up that skinwalker ranch yeah i actually got a little bit in here about him so Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch, is a business located on a on a piece of property around 512 acres towards Bullard, Utah. It is thought to be the site of countless paranormal incidents and UFO-related activities. The land many, many believe is cursed, perhaps the inhabited of a Skinwalker. Some of the things have occurred on the property. Terry Sherman, the owner of the property way back in 1996, was walking his dogs around the farm late at night when he came upon a wolf. A wolf three times the size of a normal wolf. The glowing red eyes and a mean streak. Terry shot the thing with a rifle at close range. According to Terry, it was like throwing pebbles at a at wolverine skeleton. Cattle mutilations... Yeah crop circles and ufo sightings at least once a week one of the cattle was found with a hole cut into the center of its left eyeball and another had its rectum cut out then one i have day, noticed that yeah yeah then one day seven cows disappeared seven cows disappeared and quote i got a quote here from terry if it's if it's snow, it's hard for a 12,000 or 14,000 pound animal to just walk off without leaving tracks or to stop and walk backward completely and never miss their tracks. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, oh, well, you know, a wolf could have got him. Well, if a wolf got him, where are the tracks? You would have seen it. Someone could have pulled up the trailer. Um, where are the tracks from the truck and trailer then? Exactly. And the thing about with Skinwalker Ranch, and I've done a little bit of research of that on my own as well. Skinwalker Ranch is a insanely hard hot spot of paranormal activity. I mean, I'm going to pull it up right now, which obviously the, the, the chat can't see this, but to put it in a characteristics, I'm, I want to work on this for a little bit and pull this up while, you know, you keep talking because i know you have a few more things there is a significant increase whenever you get towards skinwalker ranch in is it utah right yeah it's in utah See, yeah it's like north side of utah isn't it yeah the real funny thing is oh uh, i went camping last year in a little town called roosevelt utah that's yeah. actually 30 minutes away from skinwalker ranch that's crazy. Didn't know that till I got there. And I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. Well, one night we were drinking, of course, like young adults do. And sit there, get out of my tent. Sister and her husband at, standing on the outside. I look up at the sky and then there's just like a solid straight line of like 30 stars moving in a straight line. That's crazy. Nonstop. I re go into the tent to grab my phone or grab my camera to take a picture. <clears throat> Gone. Like it was never even there. And I'm like, I understand satellites are like that. If you see, see, there are some satellites that move in a straight line that look like stars moving. Yeah. 
but they would not disappear in an instant. Yeah, no, that's just phenomenal to think about. And it's like, so I just pulled up a map for like UFO sightings, right? Because that's one thing that we were talking about. In Utah, north top right corner, just below Wyoming. Yeah. And that's where that's it is at. It's ranches. right beside Colorado. It's in between Colorado, Wyoming, and Utah, but it's on the Utah side. That is a heavy, heavy spot. The other heavy spot is in Ohio. The other heavy spot, which is probably one of the heaviest, probably the second heaviest aside from Utah, almost tied, honestly, is New Mexico. Just to the left of the Texas Panhandle, there are so many sightings, which is actually where we originally had talked about that the sighting of the Skinwalker, which was in New Mexico. And like they just go all over the world. And to think about that, like the hottest spots that I'm seeing go from the area Washington, Utah, and New Mexico. That whole west side in that straight strip just beside the mountains is nothing but hot spots. And you got to think, it's almost kind of like a navig- it's a, like a navigation type thing. You know, we have geese and you see geese flying over your house or you see birds flying over your house because the winter's coming, right? Yeah. They're navigating. They're navigating to where they're going to be comfortable for the season. Well, we all know that deer do that as well. We'll get massive herds of animals, specifically like elk deer stuff um you know white-tailed deer you'll have pigs you'll have a bunch of herds of animals that are hibernating and they're 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 needing to find that place where they can just relax for the summer or the winter you know well the thing is is there are huge 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 herds of animals that travel along the mountains exactly where all those hot spots are for skinwalkers mm-hmm. you know what i mean and you got you got to think about it they what move, if they're just following yeah they're they move with the prey exactly i mean like you just got to think about it like if you're a hunter why would you stay in one location? Why not follow the follow your prey, follow the game you're hunting? If it's obvious that they're not going to be there for the next 11 months, why would you stay there for the next 11 months? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, actually, you got a few more things on, on a <laughs> good old Terry Sherman, actually. Yeah. So the thing that spooked Terry the most, according to him, and made him sell off his property were the voices according to him he heard voices while walking his dogs sherman described that the sound spoke in a language he didn't understand but they seemed to come with the wind and out of the darkness he felt as if they were invoking something yeah and if you think about it what else makes mimics a voice and mimics something in the darkness to lure you out exactly and they could have been speaking their native tongue and that's possible they that's why he didn't understand it because it is because i believe it is like it was part of an in part of of a tribe's land i think that's what part of it sits on the whole west side especially places like that skinwalker ranch it wasn't farmable it wasn't really ideal for farming so you know what they did they forced the natives there that's where the natives would stay there wasn't (laughs) plenty of game there wasn't plenty of farming area you know why would us of whom they believed was civilized back then want to be in a land that was hard to live in. So I have no doubt in my mind that, uh, you know, there's definitely a native graveyard there or something like that for sure. Like there, there has to be, 
Yeah, like I got another quote from Terry. I take my truck up the road, and as I start to get closer, I start to get really scared, just this feeling that takes over. Then I hear this voice as clear as you and me talking right now that says, stop, turn around. I lean out my window with my spotlight and start searching around, nothing. Yeah, and... And, and I want to pick... I actually want to pick on that quote a little bit. Because if you think about it, the Skinwalker, of course, we've been over it, mimics voices, likes to lure its prey out into the open so they can ambush it. Yeah. Why ambush something when it's in a vehicle? Why would it, why would you be where he's searching out leaning like sticking his spotlight or his flashlight or lantern out of his truck why not be somewhere where he has to get out of his truck to you to see you and then that's where you get him it's just scary in my opinion because if you really think about it and read enough of these stories you realize just how intelligent that these creatures are They and, truly are. And how, like, what's the right word I'm looking for? Um, like, apex predators, they are to their prey, which in most of these stories seems to be humans. Seems to be exactly. people. Because they're preying on what? The weak. They're, what's the right word for it? Hmm ambush predators they're opportunistic predators they're stalkers stalkers they wait for the window of opportunity they follow their prey they're relentless we've read stories about them keeping up with cars going 60 and there's been reports of them keeping up with cars going 80 miles an hour like It's just terrifying because if you put them like side by side by predators we do know of, like say a lion or tiger or leopard or cheetah, any of those big apex predators, they don't hold a candle. What do they got? No, not at all. What do they got? A mane? A tail? Oh, okay. I I can keep up with a car and rip the door off. What can you do? Sit there and meow and lick your paws and go back to your scratching post? Honestly. Like, nowadays, we don't consider the fact that we're not the smallest game. You know, we're in their eyes, we are no more than just a squirrel, you know, a rabbit, something Mm -hmm. small. And. It's just one of those things that, you know, thinking about it, that's truly something to gawk at that, you know, you're not the small. And I, I know how that feels because I got a firsthand taste of it whenever I was in Alaska because we have uh, polar bears in Alaska. Well, unlike most bears, people always say, oh, well, they're more scared of you than you are of them. Polar bears one of those exceptions. Yeah, they will will, attack you. They They will, and they do actively hunt you. They actively hunt humans. There's been multiple times that I have seen, you know, polar bear attacks or, you know, grizzly bear attacks because somebody got a little bit too close. Like, that stuff Mm. is a real thing, and it really does happen. See, and some of the witnesses from the reports insist that that what they have seen is an odd but natural creature. Others describe it as demonic and supernatural. In, oh, what's her first name? I, could, I don't think I could find her first name, but Godfrey wrote. Yeah. What, what witnesses report cannot easily be classified into either category but has characteristics of both natural and supernatural phenomena 
Sometimes, she writes, it is difficult to separate the two categories as the border between them occasionally turns porous, allowing things to seep fluidly between them. And in my opinion, if you look at some of the stuff, like some of the fossils and some of the stuff we think we know, like 10% of the ocean is, is discovered. We haven't even barely reached the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Like you said, we've hardly discovered anything in Alaska. There's just... I mean, honestly. People forget that. It's like we haven't found everything in this world. Which means there is a high probability that it does exist. And we just haven't found it. And it's a shame like, to, it's, it's honestly a shame to, sh a shame to say, but by the time we find it, the reason we find it is probably because we're tearing up its home to put it in an apartment complex or something. It really is. And that's the worst part is I can't express to you how true that really is. We don't have a regard for life. And you got to think about it. These things might have not actually haunted us back in the day. Yeah, they might you know? have started hunting us because they believed that we were hunting them. Exactly. And that's just, that hurts to think about. Like, what have we made ourselves? You know, we think that we're the apex. We think that this world is ours, that we can take it. But in honesty, we're just another animal. We are just another being to be hunted. Some something that I always like to think about is human humans believe that they are so logical, that we are so logical creatures, we use logic on a daily basis, which is true. We do. In a day-to-day -day life, we do use logic. Some people less than others, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Yeah, that's, that's another topic, but um, down to our core, we still are emotional ravaged beasts. Because honestly, everybody has a breaking point where they are driven by rage or anger to do something they would never do. Yeah. And do it for the sake of vengeance with no regard of nothing. Yeah, I mean, you'll see it every single day. I mean, oh, you know, a guy that was cheated on by his girl, he found them, he fucking ended up killing, you know, his girl and the guy that she was cheating on him with in the same bed at the same time. You know, with enough anger, at the end of the day, we are just animals. We are not superior than anything else. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how logical, how expressive you are, how understanding you are. At the end of the day, it's what our emotions are. That's what drives us as humans. And that's what pushes us to do the things we do. Even if in reality, you don't want to. Because I can tell you right now, I have seen it for myself. People that have passed away or stuff like that things like that have made people irrational and do irrational things and it just your whole life is taken away i don't blame them for going out and hunting us like that yeah <laughs> So I guess that just really leaves us with the question, how different are we from them? And do they really exist? Because that little bump of the night or that dog barking across the street, that could just be a skinwalker trying to get you to come outside. And again, that just leaves us with the question, like I said it in the article already from Godfrey. Occasionally, the borders between real 
natural and supernatural becomes porous, like in a gray area. So that just make, makes me believe in my personal opinion that they can be out there. We can't rule it out just quite yet. What do you think? I definitely think that's true. I think that anything that we do, everywhere we go, anyone that we interact with, they, they could be something that we don't perceive as what it is. Well, I think that's going to be all for today's story and insert for the skinwalkers. We'll be hitting you with another another episode pretty soon. So keep posted around for that. Hope you all enjoyed listening. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Do you have any parting words, Demi? <laughs> um, definitely give us a like. Give us a shout out. Um, everything that y'all do is what makes this happen. Everything that happens, happens because of y'all. And we really do appreciate it. It really helps us and helps us grow the channel. Yeah, and that I should apologize. be about for me. Yeah, and I have to apologize if I sound kind of hoarse. I've had a sore throat for the past few days, but gotta get gotta get the story out, get, get people what they want to listen to, because honestly, this is pretty damn fun, and I'm happy doing it. That's true. So with that, I bid y'all a good day or afternoon. See y'all next time, I guess.